looking out over the hall, I'm thinking, there are a lot of people here. Looking back up here, you might be thinking, there are a lot of people here. Um, this retreat is a little unusual in a number of ways, um, one of which I think it's probably not usual to have so many uh, teachers at the same time. So uh, assuming that some of you know some of us, and probably not all of you know all of us, uh, just some brief introductions to put names with faces. Uh, this is Larry Rosenberg. I'm Doug Phillips. To my right is Wood Shoemaker. And on the end is Matthew Daniel. Uh, Woods and Matthew will be uh, doing uh, the yoga teaching as well as other Dharma teaching. Um, with a group this size, we should probably have a name. I, you know, Larry in the Three Dimensions or something. Maybe we'll have a contest at the end and who gets the best name gets an extra day of sitting. Well, I'm not sure that that will be a prize by the time we finish here. Um, for most of us, our, our formal practice of sitting and walking is kept uh, sort of on uh, simmer or maybe medium-low uh, until we come to retreat. And then the temperature gets cranked up just a bit, uh, sometimes feeling more like a, roll, a rolling boil. Uh, we can get cooked uh, quite deeply in this practice uh, together over the next week. And uh, there are a number of things that uh, support us in this practice, uh, of sitting and walking and uh, paying close attention to each thing that we're doing during the day, each moment as it presents itself uh, to us uh, during the day. Um, one of those uh, pieces of structure is what's called refuge in the triple gem, uh, the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. Taking refuge is an ancient practice. It uh, precedes even the time of the Buddha and in some ways probably is uh, fundamentally human. We want to be in a place that's safe. We want to be in a place that supports us, uh, that cares for us, and is in some way congruent with what our uh, truest intention is. Uh, taking refuge in the Buddha is taking refuge in the historical person of the Buddha and the example of uh, great courage, uh, perseverance, uh, and awakening. And uh, more deeply, it's taking refuge in that awakening, uh, in our own uh, capacity uh, for clear seeing, for clear knowing, uh, that happens quite easily and spontaneously, although we often have to invest uh, quite a bit of time and effort in that. So we take refuge in knowing, in that uh, spacious capacity of the mind to see things just as they are, whether it's a mind state or a bodily sensation or a bite of food 
or water on our backs in the shower, or putting our shoes on or taking a walk. Uh, There is the capacity to know all of that. There's room for all of that and more in what we call knowing. And uh, we take refuge in that. We take refuge in Dharma. Uh, Traditionally, the teaching uh, of the Buddha, uh, of other uh, Buddhas, past and present, of other great teachers. Uh, We take refuge in the Dharma, the teaching Uh, the teaching that comes uh, in talks here in the evening, Uh, the dharma that comes in our interaction in discussion groups. Uh, More fundamentally, we take uh, refuge in the way things are. Uh, How is it right now at this moment? It's uh, in a certain way right now, isn't it? It's the truth of how it is. This moment is the truth of just how this moment is, sitting here together. And of course, that is known. So right here and now, there is refuge in knowing Buddha, of Dharma, the way it is. And we do that amongst uh, people who have uh, a similar energetic intention to be as fully awake as much of the time as possible. So we come and we sit together as Sangha. Sangha of each person sitting on either side of us, in front of us, behind us, uh, willing to show up to each sitting. Uh, That becomes more and more precious as uh, the days go on. So we sit together as Sangha. Uh, Sangha is also the roof that's protecting us right now. And it's the rain that is uh, landing on that roof. It's the people in the kitchen who uh, manage to bring uh, wonderful food pretty much right on time. We show up and so does the food. Quite wonderful and magical. Part of our Sangha. And that's also happening right now. So there's refuge in knowing the truth of this moment as it is right now for each of us, sitting here uh, with each other as Sangha. And that refuge is something that will take formally in the mornings, but uh, can happen each moment during the day. A wonderful refuge, a true gem. Sangha raises the question of uh, if we live and practice together, how are we going to do that? And there are, there's a schedule that we have uh, that has some uh, choice in it. You'll notice that uh, the yoga uh, is optional, even though it will be uh, woven into Uh, the rest of the practice in, I think, what you'll find to be a very seamless way. The schedule is clear and it's simple. Those of us who have sat these retreats before know the uh, sooner uh, 
we surrender to the schedule as it is, to meet ourselves in relationship to that schedule, our practice deepens accordingly. So the schedule is here to support us as well. And we undertake the five uh, training precepts. Someone once said that uh, retreat practice can be summed up the following way. Sit down, sit still, don't look away from your practice, behave yourself. The precepts sum up the behave ourselves piece. Uh, Very simple and very direct, no killing. Uh, And while most of us do not come into this retreat setting uh, armed in a way that we have to check something at the door, uh, we all carry uh, our own aversions, our own intensities in terms of anger and fear. No killing can be seen as a kind of uh, intention to be respectful. To be uh, careful to come to sittings on time. As much as is possible. Uh, To sit as still as possible. And taking uh, into consideration in that way the people that sit around us. Uh, Wasting time is a kind of killing. So even though there are breaks from the formal sitting, uh, there's no break from the practice. And uh, of course, we come and go, and we drift in and we drift out. And our intention is to come back uh, to where we are as soon as we know that, to not kill time. Uh, to not, uh, not to take what is not offered us, no stealing. This, of course, goes beyond uh, just not using someone's shampoo because I happen to have forgotten mine uh, without asking permission. Uh, It also means uh, caring for the available resources here which are limited. Uh, Watching lights and water usage, toilet flushing, taking care in that way. Uh, exercising wise speech. In some ways, that's, that's one of the easy ones uh, because we're uh, silent on this retreat. Noble silence begins this evening and ends on uh, Saturday. So no spoken words, except in emergencies, of course. Um, And it goes beyond the spoken word, Uh, not engaging in uh, silent, mindless chatter, taking care uh, to um, taking care in how we walk, taking care in how we move uh, through the day. It's a schedule that really offers us an opportunity to become quite simple. So we ask that cell phones are not used, uh, that we don't write, that we don't read, that we, uh, in some ways, vow to eliminate our usual escapes, 
to vow to meet ourselves uh, nakedly, directly. And so this vow of silence covers uh, many aspects of our, our, our living together. Uh, and we each have a tremendous responsibility to care for that silence. And as we do so, the silence deepens, and so does our practice. We uh, take a vow of celibacy on this retreat. Uh, of course, that is, again, more than uh, simply abstaining from uh, physical sexual activity. When the mind drifts off into some kind of fantasy, depending on what our practice is, being willing to uh, forego indulgence in that. I mean, taking care not to waste energy unnecessarily. Not indulging in uh, any activity that clouds the mind usually applies to drugs and alcohol. It could just as easily uh, apply to food. That noontime meal is awfully delicious. And often, I doubt that there's anybody in this room that's not experienced uh, the sort of uh, druggedness from a, a very large noontime meal in the first afternoon sitting. So taking care with things like that as well. So all of these uh, come together uh, to support this time together that we have uh, to meet ourselves and to study ourselves. And uh, I, can, I will not often speak for the four of us, but in this regard I think I can. Um, there's nothing we would rather be doing than sitting here with you and talking with you over this week. And we look forward to a wonderful retreat. And... Um, let me check and see if there's anything that I've left out at this point. You'd like to take a short stretch uh, and just stand up and stretch out a little bit, do so, and then we're going to move right into the meditation instructions. As a way of viewing practice, so that the act of living and the act of practice are really the same thing. And so much of life is made up of forms. We live out our life in different forms. On this retreat, four of us will be emphasizing that whatever the form that you're engaged in, to really inhabit it. Of course, a silent retreat of this sort where the contemplative aspect of living is emphasized, the form of sitting will be featured. Sure, you'll also hear more than once. Now, in one way, it's special. 
simplify our life dramatically by just sitting down quietly with ourselves and having no other requirements. Other than to be, to just be with ourselves as we are. We'll bring that same attitude of respect, of interest to our yogi job, and to all the different activities that make up a day, none of which are trivial or unimportant. And of the forms, of the sitting forms, often taught along with the walking, alternating between sitting and walking. As Doug mentioned, on this retreat, of course, that will go on just as it did during the time of the Buddha. We're adding another form, which you'll hear more about tomorrow, and actually begin practicing, those of you who wish to. Form of conscious movement and breathing, form of yoga which emphasizes mindfulness in a way that's exactly the same as anything else that we'll be doing during this week together. And of the many different sitting forms, quite a few, you go through all the Buddhist traditions over the centuries, many different forms have been devised to help us get free. One that has maintained itself from the time of the Buddha, actually precedes the Buddha, was given a, a, a different flourish and emphasis, is the simple, natural, ordinary, vital activity of breathing. Each one of us in this room is breathing, which is to say we're all alive. We're looking in on that life process. The Buddha called it anapana sati, mindfulness within breathing and out breathing. And that's one method that we'll be describing and encouraging you to, to practice. We'll be open to variations on it that some of you may do better with. It's fine. But the explicit method will be breath awareness. Form of yoga we'll be doing tomorrow also emphasizes breath awareness. And so they, they can help each other. Our retreat is modeled <clears throat> after another ancient form called the Three Trainings. Doug mentioned the first of the trainings, which has to do with the, uh, the precepts, ethical training, so that we're as little a problem for ourselves and others as possible. So we don't stir things up more than is necessary, internally and also externally. We need all the help we can get to calm this wild mind, 
and then to investigate it. And so certain minimal agreements and rules, honoring the form, the time, the schedule, silence, is a wonderful foundation. The second training is samadhi, or stabilizing the mind, enabling the mind to be really steady so that it flows throughout the day. Not simply at one time when you sit on one particular object. In this case, let's all begin with the breath. But that quality of mind that's invaluable throughout the day, here and anywhere else, the ability to be steady, attentive, concentrated. The word concentration doesn't fully do it justice. Samadhi is more than that. It's supple, it's flexible. That's the second training, and later on in a few days we'll course, we'll be talking about it all along, but in a few days, the third training, which is Vipassana, or inside itself. Let's begin by looking in on the body, just in a very ordinary way, moving attention through the body over the next oh, minute or two, just seeing the condition of the body that we begin our sitting with. It's very, very helpful if the body can assume a posture that's both comfortable and stable. Of course, probably we all know that at the beginning and even later on, there are times when the body is neither comfortable or stable. But we begin, and if there are any obvious tensions in the body, perhaps you're determined, the jaw is squeezed tightly, just seeing it usually relaxes it. Maybe the shoulders are poised for action. Perhaps you're new to IMS and maybe there's a bit of anxiety or apprehension. Maybe you've not done something like this too often. It turns up in the body. And it's not so much relaxing the body as seeing the tension. Something rather magical about mindfulness, what it, whatever it touches seems to come off all the better for it. bringing the body into an erect posture, not forced or ordered, but from the inside, gently easing into what feels upright to you. Best you can manage it. So the head, neck, back are in a straight line. Of course, the yoga work will make a, an enormous contribution to helping the body become both stable and comfortable. Right now, let's focus our attention on just this sitting right here. 
who were upright but not rigid, not tilted too far to the left or right or forwards or backwards, as balanced as we can manage, and looking in on the mind as well. How are we starting our retreat? Any particular mood that's obvious? Coloring consciousness? Something left over from the week? Apprehension, excitement, some kind of distraction. Not trying to change it, just seeing it. And taking three or four deep breaths, a little bit deeper than usual, not forced. In and out through the nose. Just awakening the breathing a little bit. And then allow the breath to assume its own, rigid, its own rhythm. We're not trying to impose a particular pattern on the breathing. Actually, in addition to concentrating or attending to the breathing, we're learning an invaluable art. I think you'll see that as the week unfolds. The art of allowing. We've had so much practice directing, controlling. Engineering things. And here, at least some of the time, can we just let the breath be as it is, let it breathe itself? <clears throat> no particular pattern in mind. special way the breathing's supposed to be. Just however it is, it's perfect. Because that's the way it is. And what we're learning is how to bring sensitivity to the way it is. Wakefulness, awareness. For many people, that will be at the nostrils, the abdomen, some people at the chest. Some of you, as I look around, are practicing with the whole body, just feeling breath sensations, wherever you feel them. If you're rather new to this particular practice, I wouldn't recommend you start there. And so wherever you elect to station your attention, what we're attending to is not an ideal not the word breath or a picture, image. As the lungs fill up and empty again and again, we can feel sensations coursing through the body. If you're at the nostrils, you can feel something, the abdomen and anywhere else as well. It's very concrete. It's not a thought.
and taking it one breath at a time. Being mindful of the way those sensations are exactly right here, right now, for each of us. learning how to be relaxed and alert at the same time. Instructions are rather simple, straightforward, and yet, as we all know, the mind seems to have a mind of its own. It likes to roam about, not necessarily going to where you want it to go. And so from time to time, we find that we're not with the breathing at all. caught up in something about the future, caught up in something about the past. As soon as we see that, very gently, very gracefully, just easing back once again to the in-breath, to the out-breath, without turning it into a problem, Just coming back. As we attend to the breathing, we can hear the rain. Thoughts are whizzing through the mind. The body feels a certain way. Let it. The 
breath sensations are featured. A couple of other suggestions. One, try to keep physical movement of the body to a minimum. Fidgeting, scratching, shifting of posture. Keep it to a minimum. That doesn't mean don't. If in your judgment, you feel that it's essential to shift your posture, for example, then please do it slowly and mindfully. In that way, the practice is still alive. Also, the etiquette of the hall is such, if this wasn't mentioned, I don't know if it was, that it's fine to stand at any time in place on your mat, carrying out the very same practice. can come in handy <clears throat> if the body feels a bit too painful, too painful for you to practice skillfully with, or sometimes we feel sleepy, drowsy. Most of you probably know the antidotes and ways to help arouse energy, but one of them is to just stand. <clears throat> so let's finish up this sitting. It won't be very long. I think it would be a good idea for us all to get a good night's rest. Some of you have come a long way. Being with the breathing, noticing when we're not, and just coming back without blame as many times as we need to do that.
this in-breath, this out-breath.
moments you'll hear the sound of the bell. Please listen to it carefully as you sit and breathe until there's nothing left to listen to. And then we'll all in silence, silence has begun this evening, make our way up from our cushion or chair, bench, on our way to perhaps to going to sleep, having a cup of tea. See if you can do the entire process with respect and sensitivity. Perhaps for the first time, notice how you go to sleep, how you undress and ready yourself. If you've never tried it, once you're lying in bed, you might want to just attend to the breathing, to the sense of the body. Just go to sleep in the breath. See if you can give attention to the most ordinary activities that make up the rest of the day for us this evening. Let's all get a very good night's rest. Meet again in the morning, a fresh new day of practicing together as a community in silence. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.